2: Good morning and welcome to the Morning Briefing for Monday, January 22nd, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Dane. Jake Hughes is your producer. And coming up on today's show, we're going to recap this weekend's Betty Awards, as we'll talk first to the founder of Life Flip Media, Eric Mitchell, and then to the Academy of United States Veterans Chairman of the Board of Governors, H.W. Floyd. From what I understand, it was a high-visibility, high-speed event with some very vip types in attendance even beyond the celebrities we told you about last week so we're going to get the perspective of a guest in mitchell and then an organizer in floyd of the event but before we get to that let's get to the houston hammer the texas tornado the well all right well i think two nicknames is actually enough for one segment so we'll stop there and welcome JQs to the stage. never enough nicknames never enough nicknames Which would you prefer if you had to choose, the Houston hammer or the Texas tornado? I like the Houston hammer. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a little more hometown. Yeah, a little little bit more localized. Let's people know where you're from. Texas is a big place. It's bigger than many countries. Yeah. Let's list the countries that it's bigger than. Well, uh, it's bigger than uh, Greece, uh, Monaco. uh, uh, It's a long list. We'll go down at some other time. But you're (laughs) listening to the morning briefing. Hope you had a good weekend. Mine was. Somewhat uneventful, you know, just kind of recovering from my illness last week still over the weekend. And what did we do on Saturday? I went out to like the playground with my son a little bit because the weather was actually kind of nice this weekend. And then uh, Sunday, a little bit of shopping and that kind of thing. But uh, overall, kind of a relaxed, not doing a whole lot weekend. And uh, my wife doing preparations for our son's official birthday party. His birthday, of course, was now... Uh, Nine days ago, but his party's in February, because the 13th or, sorry, the 12th of January is, uh, it's a little bit too close to Christmas, so she likes separating it out a little bit, so that was about it. How about you? What, this weekend?
3: Yeah. I didn't do a whole bunch of anything. I played a lot of Diablo Three. I've become addicted ah, to that game.
2: Yes, yes, it's a it's it's a good game. I've heard. Oh, I did watch the uh, the UFC and Bellator fights. Uh, friend of the show, a man who's choked out both you and me in our uh, in our uh, newsroom out there. Although we were uh, able to tap out before we went unconscious. Shane Crutchton uh, fought on the Bellator One Ninety Two card, and while he didn't win, very proud of him for stepping in there against a guy who is not just a top prospect, the top prospect in mixed martial arts. This young kid, 21, 22 years old, named Aaron Pico, hits really hard. And Shane's biggest opportun- well, biggest shot, I think, biggest chance, best chance to beat him was to get Pico down to the ground. Uh, wasn't able to do that and took two brutal shots to the liver in the second one. Uh, Just basically dropped him and he couldn't get up. If you've ever been punched in the liver before, it is an incredibly unpleasant feeling. So, uh, you know, Shane didn't work out the way he or us wanted it to this weekend, but he'll be back. He'll grow from this. He'll learn from it. It's what we do. And, uh, you know, he's a Marine who's faced a lot worse times than losing a professional fight on TV. So watch that. And then the UFC event was uh, a fantastic one with two Two title fights of the two least appreciated champions, I think, in UFC history, maybe. Daniel Cormier wins again to defend the light heavyweight belt, and Stipe Miocic wins the, uh, well, defends the heavyweight belt for a record third time. No one's ever defended it three times. He just did this weekend. Nice. And he was not the favorite in Vegas. The uh, the challenger was the favorite, but Stipe destroyed him. And what I love about him, he's a guy who I think veterans can get behind because, along with being the baddest man on the planet, the UFC heavyweight champion, he's a full time firefighter in Cleveland, Ohio. Really? Yeah. Huh. Still works full time as a firefighter and trains to fight. Like being the heavyweight champion of the world is like a hobby to him. His career is firefighter.
3: Well, if I understand it right, being a firefighter, a lot of the time is spent working out. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, you, you do your annual, you do your training and stuff, and you yeah. always keep your skills sharp. But a lot of it is maintaining that that physical ability to pull yeah. people
2: out of burning buildings. A lot of training, a lot of physical ability training. If you've ever been through, uh, well, every sailor is a firefighter. So when you go through boot camp in the Navy, you learn how to be a firefighter. You learn uh, what different agents you use to distinguish, do ex- extinguish, not distinguish, to extinguish certain types of fire. So that's another thing where I think Navy guys could really get behind Steve because yeah. we understand if you've ever been through a firefighting trainer which have these towers that you have to go up to the top of and all the rest of it it's exhausting stuff it's 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 a hard workout so yeah I think his job probably does help more than hinder uh, his career especially if you compared it to like if he was an accountant for the city of Cleveland Ohio all right that job may not be much of a help to him being a fighter but The fact that he's a a firefighter and a heavyweight champion and and really dominated the other guy. Won every round, I thought, uh, some of them probably by two points, but what are you going to do? The judges gave it to him. Uh, It was a good fight, and that was really the highlight of my weekend, although my cable company has some answering to do because as I tried to answer it through the cable company, or tried to order it, I should say, no dice, call them, call their customer service, nothing. To try to order it through their website. Sorry, there was an order process or uh, an error processing your order. Nothing worked. So what I ended up doing was realizing, like, aha! I have the UFC app on my Xbox. Ordered it through there, popped it on, and uh, yeah, that was that was not what I liked. I missed most of the first fight because I waited until the last minute to order it, not thinking it would be a problem, but it was. You know, waiting till the last minute can be a bad thing, Jake, when it comes to adding things to your military record. If you do it at the last minute, you may not get it on there. In fact, the highest award I've ever received, I've technically never received because it's not on my DD-214. I got it. They sent it to me in the mail. I was already out of the Navy by the time I got this thing because it was awarded to me at the very end of my uh, career and it had to go through a bunch of levels to get approved. Then it got sent to me in the mail. It arrived at my house. I was like, oh, look at that with a nice little letter and everything. I haven't added it in there, so I don't add it into my bio because it's not officially on my DD-214. And until I locate all the paperwork for it and get it properly done through the VFW, the American Legion, there are various groups that can help you out with doing that, I'm not going to tell anybody that I have it. If someone asks, I'll be like, yeah, they awarded it to me. It's not on my DD-214. I do have pictures of an admiral pinning it on me and all sorts of stuff (laughs) like that. I am in civilian clothes because, as I said, I was already out of the Navy. But I, I don't put it in my official bio or anything like that. I'll tell you this. The top enlisted leader of 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines... He probably should have taken a page out of my book and not put something in there that apparently he felt he got, but that doesn't make any sense. His name is Sergeant major Kenneth Lavelle, the third, and he's been removed from the post as the infantry battalion, Sergeant major due to a loss of confidence. According to a spokesman for third Marine expeditionary force, here's what he did. Basically he put on his record three of the combat action ribbon. So The combat action ribbon for the Navy and Marine Corps is the sign that you have been in combat. And it's very specific. It's much more like I'm eligible for the combat action badge through the U.S. Army. You know what that is, of course, for non infantry people who are uh, in the vicinity even of combat. That basically, I'm not eligible for the combat action ribbon under the Navy and Marine Corps regulations. He has three on his record. Here's the problem with that if you are in combat, in Afghanistan, 30 times, how many times do you think you get that uh, that combat action ribbon? Just once? Just once. How about if those 30 times are broken up over 10 different deployments, an average of three times a deployment? Uh, still just once? Still just once. You huh. can only get it once per theater. So he had one for Iraq, one for Afghanistan, and one for... nobody really knows. Yeah, <laughs> Something that he says happened in the late 90s that they're like, dude, your service record doesn't say anything about that um it's very odd to me that someone would do that especially someone who you would think would know better i mean this is a sergeant major in the marine corps adding something to his record that should not be there 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 was no no third combat instance unless he's talking about somalia but if he was in somalia guess what it would be on his record and they'd be like all right cool marine you were there you got this nope not on his record so uh very uh Very interesting thing. This guy enlisted in 93, deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. um, But he said that during two Marine expeditionary deployments to the Mediterranean in the late 1990s, he was awarded it for something. Again, what? What would that be? I mean, the Mogadishu, the the Battle of Mogadishu, what year was that? Wasn't that like Like 92 or 93, 92, something like that? It was shortly after uh, the Gulf War. So, yeah, it it doesn't really make sense. Um, He claimed to have deployed to Kosovo in support of Operation Joint Guardian and to Lebanon in support of the IDF, Israeli Defense Forces. Uh, That's been removed from his bio now, so apparently he never did those things. Also claimed to have been the Honor Graduate, according to a Military Times report, of his Scout Sniper School, uh, and in fact was not. The Honor Graduate was uh, somebody else. They actually list his name in the story. Uh, Then Corporal Aaron Pine, Marine, who died in 2005 following an honorable discharge from the Marine Corps. So a lot of weird things going on there, and that's one of those, like, how did nobody find this until he was already a sergeant major? If you see 3 combat action ribbons in the Marine Corps, that's that's not not a red flag. That's a whoa. What's all that about? And he would have had to have answered questions I would imagine to a number of people who apparently bought off on whatever his story was.
3: Yeah, when you've been in I think when you've been in long enough to like that people tend to stop asking questions and then we don't know when step was added. Like it could have been recently added and he's just trying to make command Sergeant major
2: that. Yeah, that could be that's, that could be true. That could be true. I mean, you never know what's going on in someone's head, but in this case, you know that it's something that was uh, not very smart and not very good. Also not very good. This government shutdown, of oh, course, I'm sure. Lord. Have you heard about this? Uh, I think <laughs> I saw it mentioned once or twice. So there are arguments, of course, as to who's at fault. Uh, Basically, the budget not being uh, passed has caused a a stalemate where no one's getting paid, including the military. Now, I hear that. You know, the military's not being paid. Well, their next payday isn't for another nine days. They're going to be paid. If this goes on for, let's say it's third day now, if you add nine more days, if it goes on for 12 days, I would be very surprised. Very surprised. I'd be kind of surprised if we come back tomorrow and this is still going on, honestly. Although I'm a little bit surprised that it's still going on today because they were working on it over the weekend. Although when you looked at uh, what people were saying of what time they started working on it on Sunday, you were like, okay, maybe they're not going to get that done. Today, from what I understand, a lot of them are already working on it. you know, The military is going to be paid. That they're not just going to be like, well, sorry, you don't get any money. Not the way that it works. You just yawned. You turned away from the microphone and yawned, and it passed over to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. No, there's nothing you can do about it. It's one of those <laughs> weird things. So, uh, you know, I keep hearing that. And, uh, you know, the military is not being paid. And the military people that I know on active duty, most of them, with the exception of a couple people who are, uh, the sky is always falling in their world from what I see. The majority of them are like, you know what, if it's still going on nine days from now, then we won't get paid. Other than that, let's not worry about it. Uh, It shouldn't be too much of a big deal. The issue is more with the services available to families, Fleet and Family Support Center, things like that. Um, uh, AFN, there's a big one. Of course, a place that I worked for, and I believe you worked for as well, right? When yep. you were over there. in uh, Was it when you were in Korea when Korea. you worked for AFN? There you go. Um, AFN, for those who are not familiar with it, of course, if you're listening to this show, uh, there's a very good chance that you are. It's the American Forces Network, part of Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Essentially, it's the TV and radio that is provided to... Our service members stationed overseas, whether they're deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan or they are stationed in Italy, Korea, Japan, wherever. It allows them to watch, uh, you know, essentially TV from back home for free. The government doesn't pay anything for it. Now, that's why I think it's kind of odd that it's not airing over there because the government doesn't pay anything for it. And the only thing I can think is that The civilian workers who work at Armed Forces Radio and Television Service headquarters, which is out in California, uh, Riverside, California, I believe, that them being uh, off basically on furlough, essentially not being allowed to come in and work because they're not getting paid. So they're not going to be working. It feels like maybe because they're gone that now they had to shut down AFN because they don't have the support system there to keep it operating. But then there's a whole bunch of active duty people who are there, like, why not have them keep doing it? I mean, it doesn't make sense to me, I guess, is what I'm saying, that it shut down. It yeah. seems like, and it's also primarily at this point, automated. There's not a lot of human interaction with it.
3: Yeah, I know. It, I don't know how it was for you over in,
2: was it Iceland, Keplovic? What, for, oh, I worked for a uh, Naval Media Center in Iceland. AFN oh. was barely a thing at that point. But, oh, wait, was uh, it with but Guam then? Broadcasting detachments? No, 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 no. Italy, Greece. Those Italy were Greece. AFN well, detachments. Whatever, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wherever you (laughs) worked,
3: I don't know how it was for y'all, but for me in Korea, there were a whole lot of civilians in the process. Like most of our engineers and the senior people that were making decisions were civilians.
2: Oh, at your detachment there, you mean?
3: No, at at AFN Korea headquarters. Oh
2: yeah, well there was a lot of that. I don't know AFN South, but again, I don't think if if I were to go back, I'd, I'd really have to think about what everybody did. I don't think that if you removed. Every civilian person from, let's say, AFN South in Vicenza, which covers uh, the southern half of Europe and the northern parts of Africa, basically, if you were to remove every civilian from their post there, I don't understand how that would cause you to have to shut down all programming. I just, I just don't. It's almost all automated now. You have civilians who do things, but you also have military people who work in those same lanes. Like there are plenty of engineers out there. I, I just, I, I don't get why, especially since essentially it doesn't cost the military anything to purchase that programming i guess it does to operate the equipment or something like that to pay the power bill i i don't know but it seems silly and it seems uh you know it a very bad timing for those who are fans of uh any of the four football teams who played yesterday they apparently didn't get to see their teams play now there was a way apparently around it by watching on the uh, NFL's uh, like the season pass thing or whatever that they have. However, while I saw that, I used to have the NFL season pass they have through Directv. It didn't include playoff games. Once playoff games started, you had to watch on network television. You couldn't watch the uh, uh, the season pass. So I don't know about that, but all I know is that uh, this shutdown caused that to happen, and it's caused a lot of consternation and a lot of look what they're doing to the military. No, look what they're doing to the military. You ever feel like we're like pawns in a game? Oh, every day. You know, when I was in the military. Now, not so much. But then I would often see and still see people who often, you know, for their own devices, talk about. The fact that they're a veteran or that the veterans need to be taken care of, the military needs to be taken care of, because look at what the Republicans are doing or look at what the Democrats are doing. I have my own ideas as far as to who's responsible for this. And and
3: there's there's two competing hashtags. There's the Trump shutdown.
2: and There's the Schumer shutdown.
3: Yeah. So it's like everyone's blaming everyone else. I'm
2: shocked by that. I thought everybody would come together and try to figure out a solution. <laughs> <laughs> You're a funny guy. Yeah, I know. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> so we have um that story of course ongoing and if you go to connectingvets.com we have a couple interesting stories on it including how a military shutdown will quote uproot military and veteran education benefits. And what does that story say? Well, it basically says that tuition assistance is a DoD benefit for service members But veterans won't be impacted. So basically, if you're on active duty and going to school, your tuition assistance could be affected by this again, if it continues on particularly. So that's something that you'll have to keep an eye on if you're in uniform, but veterans... After the shutdown in 2013, which my God, Jake, have have so many people forgotten about the last time that this happened? Yeah. They're like, oh, this has never happened before. This is this, look at this, and that's another thing where you hear that competing narrative, like, look, look what happened under Trump. Oh God, this never happened before. It happened four years ago, man. What are you talking yeah. about? Like this, this, fairly recently this happened. I the the memory of some people is very very
3: short. Yeah. I was actually affected by the last shutdown. I was supposed to go to a school when I was in the army mm. and I I couldn't go because there was no funding for my trip there. Mm. So I know how it can affect troops.
2: Yeah. It certainly can. I mean, it's it's going to affect them in some ways and it's it's more it's more the outside aspects. I mean, listen, if you are on the in the active duty military, you're going to have a place to live, they're going to feed you. There you go. I mean, your your pay if it's delayed a couple of days, that stinks. It absolutely does. If you got a big bill that you need to pay, if you time everything very closely, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, that can be a big problem. They're going to get paid eventually. They're yeah. not just going to be, no, we're not going to give you the money for this time. No, they're going to give them the, the full amount. They'll that get back doing. pay. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, oh, and here we go. You know what? I just saw a story. So I apparently was misinformed yesterday because something new came out. AFN did broadcast the NFL's championship games despite the shutdown. So defense department officials reverse course Sunday morning announced they partially restored operations at the AFN network, which was shattered Saturday because of the government shutdown Uh, statement. Pentagon spokeswoman, the Pentagon spokeswoman has the same name as the president of the UFC, Dana White. So department officials determine the operational necessity of television and radio broadcast constitutes them as essential activities, which makes sense. That's what AFN is actually there for. You see, while those station overseas like it because they get to watch new episodes of their favorite TV shows or watch live sporting events. the actual purpose of AFN radio and TV is command information exactly that's when you work at AFN, people would ask me like oh did you get to like do stuff with the tv shows like you know ncis or what? no 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 no, no, nothing like that we created the command information that went in between the shows or i did the morning radio show in well i did the afternoon radio show in keflavik iceland morning radio show in siganella sicily morning radio show in suda bay crete And what we did was focused on what was happening around the base. We were able to provide people emergency information during times when the bases were shut down due to protests, which happened quite a bit in Italy and Greece in particular, never in Iceland. The Icelanders were, uh, well, they were busy working, I think is what the deal was (laughs) with them. But in Greece, the funniest thing was in Greece, which is a small Suda Bay. It's a, a small Naval installation, you know, maybe like a thousand sailors or something like that. A little bit more. Um, a thousand sailors or so at an airstrip and there's a, there's a port separate from it, but it's mostly an air station that they share with the Greek uh, military. And a lot of Greeks work on the base. They outnumber the Americans on the base. I believe they, it was part of their contract that they had permission like one day a month or one day, every other month, I forget which it was to protest. Like they didn't have to come into work as long as they were protesting. So they would be outside the gate, like protesting Americans go home literally to the people that paid their paid their salaries every 2 weeks. It was it was a very very strange place, but I learned that shortly after I got there when the gas delivery trucks stopped driving, which meant no gas at the gas stations, which meant ah. you couldn't get to work, which meant we shut things down over there due to that. And then there was a strike at the port, so my car sat at the port for an extra month and a half while I was waiting to get it there. Oh yeah, Greece is a it, this was Right around the time they started having significant uh, financial problems, and uh, boy, did I really understand it and kind of get the understanding of why. Then riots started breaking out there and all sorts of other things, and yeah, it was uh, not good. So when things like that happened, AFN, we had to have people there on the air live to be able to talk to our people that were stuck out in town. Like when I wasn't able to get into uh, when I wasn't able to get into work, somebody had to be able to tell them like, "Hey, this is what uh, what's going on. This is when we'll be back open." Here is the current situation going on. So that's the primary purpose of AFN. So it seems like the Department of Defense should have known that ahead of time, since everyone they have that works at AFN knows that. But yeah, Department of Defense. Uh, informed that AFN has been restored in most places. So they now have, they did have the games on yesterday. See, I went to bed early. I didn't even see this, but they got that. uh, They got that to them, which is a good thing because that is a big deal, man. You want to have your ability to watch your football games. You want to have your ability to watch your baseball games. That was the best thing about AFN really was the sports coverage and getting, well, football was kind of a problem because you'd only get a certain number of games each week. You didn't get to watch every game like you can if you get the DirecTV thing now or you don't get to watch every game if you get the Red Zone channel. Like AFN, you were limited to a specific number of games and you had no choice in that, um, which would sometimes lead to problems for people trying to watch them online legally or illegally, which would put you onto websites that would get you viruses and all sorts of stuff like that. But I remember UFC actually had uh, for a time, I don't know if they still do, their pay-per-views aired for free on AFN. So it'd be like three o'clock in the morning in Sicily or wherever. And I'd wake up and at midnight have a bunch of people come over and we'd start watching the, uh, the UFC as the sun started coming up essentially. But yeah, sports was always a big part of AFN. So glad to hear that they got that straightened out. But yeah, that was another thing, Jake, where people were, you know, oh, the mil- look what they're doing to the military. Of course, you have both sides saying that it was the other side's fault. Right? We're just sitting here in the middle, going, "Well, how about you, dummies, get together and try to work this out?" Yeah, isn't the whole point of our system of government supposed to be compromise? It is supposed to be a compromise thing. Although the the issue that some people believe this is over, which comes to illegal immigration, uh, that's one that one side doesn't seem like they're going to budge on, and the other side doesn't seem like they are too. So. Eh, We'll see exactly what happens with that. Uh, It's created a very interesting narrative, and we'll see how long it continues. Again, I would be kind of surprised if it's still going on tomorrow when we get in. I won't be totally shocked. I'll be kind of surprised. There are things out there that are shocking and surprising. Here's one. Taliban attack on an Afghan hotel. 13 hours it lasted, 18 dead. It's a hotel where a lot of international uh, dignitaries stay and foreign workers and visitors uh, seems to have been targeted by the Taliban. So for those who uh, have said, like, we defeated the Taliban, not really. The Taliban is more an ideology. Uh, Yes, it kind of has a central command structure. Although, has anybody seen Mullah Omar lately? Nope. I haven't heard hide nor hair of that dude. Come on, the one-eyed Mullah, he's supposed to be out there, supposedly. No one even knows if that dude's real. Hmm. The Taliban though, very real And as was this attack on the Afghan hotel Again, 13 hour long Attack and 18 Dead in that attack, so Our thoughts go out to the families of them Mostly foreigners is what we're Reading, so we'll see if there were any Americans Included on that, haven't seen anything on That yet, China says U.S. warship Violated sovereignty mm, Okay, nah, morning briefing Eric Dame, JQs. back after this With Eric Mitchell of Life Flip Media Welcome back to The Morning Briefing. It's Monday, January 22nd, 2018. And you know what? As far as Mondays go, this one doesn't feel too bad because this is the warmest Monday I can remember in the last few months, man. Oh, we've been stuck in a deep freeze around most of this country, and it seems like we're finally coming out of it for the most part. It's going to get a little chillier here over the next few days. But then next weekend, supposed to be nicer again. I actually considered riding my Harley Davidson into work today, and then I realized that I really wanted a cup of coffee during the drive-in, so I decided against that. But soon, baby, soon, I'll be on two wheels flying down the road on my way into the ConnectingVets.com studios. Hey, speaking of connectingvets.com, have you checked out the website? Well, you're going to want to later on today. Our brand new website launches tonight. You know, if you you know, you could just you can check it out tonight. You could go there tomorrow morning. But our brand new website will be launching all the same great stuff that you've come to expect from us. Maybe a little bit more focused into some specific categories, but a lot of great content is going to be available at the new site, just as it was at the old site. That site, again, is ConnectingVets.com. And if you're looking to keep up to date on the latest and greatest in the veteran community, you need to follow Connecting Vets on social media. We are at Connecting Vets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. That's us, and that's the way for you to keep an idea of what we are doing, because everything we do aims to help you. veteran and veteran family communities out there speaking of veterans we're about to be joined by one right now he is a marine corps veteran appeared on the show recently how recently well last friday he was talking about the vetties which were coming up this weekend well now they've happened and we want to find out exactly how everything went over there please welcome back eric mitchell founder and ceo of life flip media to the show eric good morning how are you
1: good morning eric how are you doing bud
2: i'm doing pretty good so as i mentioned you were at the vetties this weekend we talked about it a little bit well a lot of it actually on friday how did it go how did everything pan out over at the vetties as as a guest of the event
1: you know it was an amazing event and uh if anybody who watched listened to the watch the show listen to the show on friday uh we remember hw was talking about the hidden guests that were coming it turned out it was uh the Honorable General Kelly from the Chief of Staff of the White House and the Secretary of the VA, both were the honored guests that ended up being surprise guests to show up. So it was pretty cool to have those two in attendance. It really caused an extra vibe, especially having General Kelly there with all the Marines around you know how we get you know Madison and Kelly seem to be like the you know the, the, the brat pack of uh, the, for the Marine Corps so we get excited with our owner around. Uh, I was just, it was just—it was an amazing event to see that many veterans all dressed up, and patriots all dressed up walking the red carpet with, you know, it was just—it was—it was a beautiful event. Like, uh, and can't say enough of how exciting it was.
2: You know, it's one of those things where. It seemed like every veteran who's uh, of any note in the Washington, D.C. area was there. And then tons came in from all around the country. Of course, we had celebrities there, as we talked about last week. And I understand you got to, to hang out with a couple of them and get to know a few of them. So what were your impressions of some of those big names that we talked about last week? Like, well, let's start off with Montel Williams. I know he's Marine Corps and Navy veteran. What was it like getting to meet Montel and, uh, and find out more about his story?
1: You know, Montel Williams blew me away. I mean, growing up, we only got to watch his TV show. I I followed the man, respected him as a veteran. He got up and fired the crowd up, uh, and it was perfect because he brought up to the attention of the fact of there are so many shows that are, you know, last night, Sunday, there was another award show, the weekend before an award show. And he's like, it's very odd that we have all of these amazing Americans in this one room veterans and we don't have a single stream of this being live, like, you know, small problem. So yeah. he put it as his personal promise to make sure next year's vet, he's the fourth annual will be live, will be on national TV. And he was, I mean, he fired the crowd up because he's a no nonsense guy. He looked right after the, the secretary of the VA and, uh, you know, that's a strong, some strongly sound, you know, very professional, but very strong words for him that we need to make a difference, and it was amazing. It's, it's just, there's not many events across the country that we can gather over 500 veterans into one room, yeah. and it's the who's who. I mean, Colton Smith, I mean, yeah, the list goes on and on, but I mean, it was amazing meeting Montel. Montel is an amazing American, uh, and his mission that he's taken forth to help veterans is outstanding. <laughs>
2: You know, and his push to get it on to, to national TV next year for the fourth annual Vetties, of course, that would mean this was the third. And we're speaking with Eric Mitchell, founder and CEO of Life Flip Media, who was in attendance at the Vetties this past weekend. I think that's a big and a good thing because honestly, you know, the Screen Actors Guild Awards were this weekend and those were televised and there's media coverage all about it and I can't think of a group of people particularly right now with all the things that have come out about what's going on in Hollywood I can't think of a group of people that I'd like to see uh, given awards and put on television less right now whereas in the veteran community with the Vetties, really some fantastic work being awarded out there and work that helps people more than just Entertains people. I think it's more important the Vetti Awards. Yet in this culture that we live in today, uh, you can find any number of award shows giving millionaires little statues for pretending to be somebody. But try to find, uh, you know, the broadcast nationally of the Veteran Awards of people saving the lives of their fellow veterans and Americans. Uh, good luck. You know, you had to go to the Facebook page for the actual event to actually check it out. So I, I think that is huge. I mean, did he give any idea of exactly how? how he's going to do that? Or is that kind of what the next year is about figuring out how and, and what platform it's going to be on?
1: I, he just said that he was going to use his network, his connections and if he had to his own money to make it happen, because this is what our country needs as the Vettys, the third annual, what they put together was basically it was built around unity, right? Right. Not left or right, but I mean, and we know that both you and I, you know, with our service, We understand how tight our community is. So it was, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm not going to question that man because he told the story about his health and how he went and figured, you know, he got together with a bunch of scientists to want to make this drug. I forget the name of it. Forgive me. It's early here on the West coast, (laughs) Uh, but he, he got it and he looked right at the VA and said it's past third phase It's FDA approval. We need to get this in every, you know, soldier, marine, sailor's hand that we can get out there. And he just struck me as a person who told me, you know, told the whole audience when he retired from doing TV, he was told within three years he'll be wheelchair bound. And hmm. he's turning 60 later this year, and he's never
2: felt better. Right, he's had snowboarding. Ride, uh, the type, yeah. We've talked yeah. to him about that. He talked so, to our own Phil Briggs about how, how much he loves snowboarding and how that's kind of therapeutic for him and also marijuana. That's yeah. another big thing that he was one of the yeah. earliest proponents of looking into the research for medical marijuana for veterans. So yeah, very interesting guy. Now, of course, he wasn't the only celebrity there. One of my favorites, Shora Agdashloo, who you weren't really familiar with before you got there, but I know I saw a message from you that I got after you were saying like uh, that, that you uh, that you'd be available today saying, wow, she was pretty awesome. So really overall... Uh, all those TV stars that were playing seals on TV that were standing next to actual seals, like your clients, like Eli Crane. How, how was the interaction with the uh, the military and the celebrity culture overall?
1: You know, it was awesome. The celebrities were very open to hanging out with all of us. Uh, Matt Barr is uh, one of the one of the actors who plays a seal on TV and got to heck out with uh, Eli Crane, a bottle breacher and uh sol uh, defranco who runs battlegrounds coffee both those fields uh i just mentioned were on till team three both have chris kyle as a box and it was pretty funny to see those guys actually they loved it it was funny to see that fields go talk to them and how the actors are like oh my god like you're the real deal and uh, a lot of good interaction and oh my goodness you know <laughs> that actress was awesome uh she well, I didn't really know who she was, and then I heard her voice, and I was like, "Okay, I watched The Punisher and all that stuff." So <laughs> I was like, "You're awesome!" And it's a funny story, so I have to say this real fast. So, Mark Rockefeller, a uh, local DC veteran, uh, is a CEO of Streetsters, and also a you know Air Force guy. He brought his daughter as his date because he just had a, a newborn a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. His little daughter, twelve years old, and she walked up. And told her I saw you in House of Fog, I believe that's the House of Sand and Fog, right? House of
2: Sand and Fog, yeah. She was an Oscar movie. nominated for yep. that. Yep.
1: Yes. She goes up and tells her about that in the movie Elizabeth. They end up start texting each other during the Vetties and they're besties now. <laughs> this little twelve year old little girl. So it's hilarious and it was just it was cool to see how friendly and interactive they were with us. So uh, I can't say enough of how great it was, you know, hanging out and like bumping into, you know, pan hash at the bar. Yeah, like she just sitting there. Hey, can I get your drink? She ended up buying pizza for everybody in the bar. She's like, I love this crowd because we're really, you know, we just (laughs) want to take pictures and and we just all mingle together. And it was, to me, it was an amazing event just for the fact that you were able to do that. You know, I was honored to have a couple of plants there, brought my beautiful wife, and it's just it's fun to get dressed up. I never thought in my entire life that I could say I would walk a red carpet. Yet I did that, Uh, and more photos are coming out that we're releasing. Uh, we finally got some of them, so I'm excited to go through all of them. And I was flying yesterday. But yeah, it was. It was overall, it was amazing. It was good to see it. I, I look forward to next year.
2: So. Yeah. Well, you know, we're speaking with Eric Mitchell, founder and CEO of Life Flip Media, about the Vets, And uh, as you mentioned, it's very early where you are because you've now returned home to the West Coast. Eric lives in the Pacific Northwest, came out to D.C. for a few days for this event, you know, got out here and got to see the city a little bit and, and uh, see the veteran crowd out here. And I think D.C. to veterans has kind of a, uh, a negative Reputation, I guess I could say, during your visit and everything that you got to check out here. I mean, what was your experience with DC and what what you saw that veterans are doing here in our nation's capital? Uh, Did it did it change your opinion on what DC is all about now, or did it kind of reinforce some things that you may have may have thought before you head in?
1: <laughs> I love that question. It's loaded. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be funny here in a second. Uh, we landed Thursday, so we spent after I was on air with you. We spent most of Friday being tourists. We ran into a, a DC march was going on. Uh, I forget what event it was, but Thursday, Friday and Saturday there were marches in DC. Thank goodness we did it Friday. We were able to hit the National Archives. Everyone, I am a bit of a history nerd, uh, a major history nerd. So DC for me is geekdom five thousand so we did at the national archives a few other museums we were happy because saturday they were shut down thanks to the government shutdown they were right. not open uh so it was great uh the the local veterans that i met in the community i was it's great to see how and what they're doing and not realizing their mission uh it's funny how still across the country and with facebook twitter and everything else how i still didn't realize there were these other missions taking place. Uh, I see that we're all frustrated, and I think that's a... no, I don't want to say I'm positive. I'm happy that we're all frustrated, but it's good to see that the mission statement is there and the belief that service never ends is still going, and it's very strong in DC. Everyone is very frustrated with the lack of these politicians to get things done. But the cool feature was staying at the Mayflower Hotel Friday afternoon, having some cocktails with clients. I look out the window and. Saul DeFranco, Battlegrounds Coffee, goes, it's cool in D.C. They have those sidecar cop cars, the bike oh, motorcycles, right. right? The sidecar ones. And he's like, wow, one goes by, without out the window, like 20 go by, and then a big SUV, and then the president of the United States goes cruising by with his motorcade
0: just
1: <laughs> down Connecticut Avenue. And I was like, okay, that was totally cool. If that just happened, why I'm just sitting here on a Friday. But, you know, D.C. was cool for so many things. But meeting the veterans on the East Coast, this was well attended event. It was really good to talk to those guys. I mean, especially H.W. Uh, Floyd, who you had on Friday. And I heard a rumor he's coming on today. Uh, amazing. You know, what what he put together for the Board of Governors, just amazing group of folks working their butt off on a common mission. So
2: it's yeah. pretty cool. There there absolutely are. And that's the thing that, you know, when people tell me, uh, when they hear that I moved down to D.C. to work here at ConnectingVets.com and they say, oh, why would you move to that place? You know, it's it's anti-military, all these people. Everyone thinks that there's either extreme right wing or extreme left wing people everywhere and everything's just political and negative. But actually, there is a lot of amazing work going on in the veteran community, which really is what the Vetties are about. And it's not just taking place in our nation's capital, but around the world although when you try to pick a place to uh, to celebrate what's happening in the veteran community those helping out others I think you'd be hard pressed to find a better place to do it than Washington D.C. and it certainly sounds like the Vetties were quite an interesting time for all those in attendance including as you said Mark Rockefeller, Eli Crane Sal DeFranco, three previous guests of this show and clients of yours as well as H.W. Floyd who yes will be joining us. Uh, I hear he's actually in the building now so he'll be joining us in about 10 minutes, eh, 15 minutes or so, but we've been talking to Eric Mitchell of Life Flip Media about his experience traveling all the way to the East Coast for the Vetties. Now, Eric, if people want to find out more about Life Flip Media, more about you, more about your clients, if they have a business that they're interested in uh, in trying to put in contact with you, how can they go about doing that?
1: Uh, find us on any of the social media website or go to www. Uh You can find us, same name all over the place, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, Reach out and find, and we will connect with you right away. We're looking to help as many veterans as we can. That's our goal with the businesses that we're doing. uh, Yeah, it's exciting time. So please reach out. We'd love to talk to you.
2: Yeah, it is an absolutely exciting time and one of the most exciting things uh, in recent memory for the veteran community it was this third annual Vetties Award uh, award ceremony which took place this week and we want to thank Eric Mitchell for getting up bright and early out in Oregon. So yeah, 3 hours it's now. Let's see how good am I at math. I think it's 2:30 in the morning Saturday where you are or something like that, right?
1: I yeah, know, it's actually late next week.
2: Oh, there you go, late actually, next week. So. To mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, <laughs> ask, a to
1: do Don't ask a Marine to do math. Don't ask a Marine to do math. Hey, at actually, least I didn't ask you to spell yeah. anything,
2: brother. you gotta, you got to thank me for that.
1: <laughs> uh, I already have those moments live on Facebook this past weekend, but now it's... It's
2: 4.46 in the morning, 4.45, like yeah, yeah, 4.48, 4.49, something like that. But we want to thank you so much for getting right. up so early with us and for filling us in on that stuff. And uh, as we said, H.W. Floyd is going to join us next. But, Eric, thank you very much, and go ahead and get back to sleep now, man. Have a good day.
1: Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thanks for having me up.
2: You're listening to The Morning Briefing here on Entercom's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting Vets, well, just about every
0: day.
2: Welcome back to The Morning Briefing. I'm your host Eric Dame and I'm joined live in studio now by ConnectingVets.com ace reporter and VA expert Jonathan Kopanger. How you doing today?
0: I think there should be a government shutdown every Monday morning just from my commute. Once yeah. I get here, they can go ahead and open up because this was fabulous.
2: So I, um, we we have our new website launching today and I had, right. some, I had some serious computer. I have to order Well, I had to order. It's ordered now. A new charger for my laptop. <laughs> my laptop charger just time and everything. The laptop's on its last legs, too. But the charger just stopped working, and Uh then I was trying to fiddle with it. Finally got it to work yesterday afternoon, charged up the laptop. I had stuff to do in preparation for our new website launching today. So I was up kind of late last night doing that. Um, because of that, I got to sleep a little bit later than normal. So I set my alarm for a little bit later than normal thinking like, well, I'll make it in on time. I'll be able to do it. I know what we're doing today. Yeah. And then, uh, I get on the road and I get here earlier than usual (laughs) because there was nobody on the road. So yeah, a government shutdown when you work in a government filled city like Washington, DC is that's a, uh. That's a big deal. You know, it, it certainly changed things. But one thing I wanted to ask you about in regards to this shutdown, mm-hmm. which is something that Jake and I have talked about today. Uh, one, I said I would be surprised if it were still going on tomorrow morning. I think today is the day that they'll probably try to force getting something done. A lot of people thought this Maybe. weekend it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, there, it, this looks so bad for all parties involved I know they're all trying to blame. One side is blaming the other side. Other side is blaming that side. Nobody looks good in this. (laughs) I think they
0: should be fined $100,000 every time they try to blame somebody. Because why don't we talk about what's happening to people instead of trying to put the blame? That just annoys me to no end.
2: Yeah, well, you know, that and the fact that uh, there are politicians still getting paid, yeah. even oh, if yeah. there aren't military members and veterans and people working at various veterans organizations like the VA. Of course, Jonathan is our VA subject matter expert because mm-hmm. he used to work there. So is the VA shut down or the hospitals shut down? Are no. they operating essential only? No, or? they
0: have a like a two-year uh, 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 appropriation budget. So, so like a generator. Yeah. So they can pretty much run for about two years. Um, really about 95% of all VA staff will be at work today. Uh, just a few people won't be there. Lazy um, people, right? You know? the 5%. Yeah, the five percent government. <laughs> lazy people. Yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah.
2: was protests about them in New York a little while back. The five percent. Really? Yeah, I was just kidding. Though. It was the one percent. It was a different
0: thing. But yeah, so everything should be going okay. There's a few things. Um, I wrote an article last week. I don't know if they posted it yet. But there's a few things that will not be going. Um, appeals. The appeals process is shut down while hmm. this is going on. So you're not going to get any answers to any appeals. That's really the biggest thing that I could think of offhand. That's going on. Some, you know, um, yeah. some little little plans they have going on. Little uh, events may not happen, but for the for the most part, everything is going to happen.
2: Some of the people who have appeals that have been out for ten plus years are probably sitting there going, "Oh no, not another
0: oh, day! No. Another is- couple days of waiting." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like what's
2: what's <laughs> the difference really? Um, so yeah, the shutdown affecting uh, the military community, active duty more than the veteran community, right. because the VA still working, mm-hmm. um, the GI Bill. Still working after the last time, which we were talking about this earlier, five years ago. This happened before. Like yeah. this has happened before, but so many people were. This is the first time this has ever happened. No, <laughs> no. it's not even the first time it's happened this decade. No. Come on, pay attention, man. Uh, people have short memories out there. <laughs> but uh, the shutdown turned out uh, did not affect the football games on AFN,
0: which was well, that's good. That's the, the most concerns. important thing, right? Well, you
2: had uh, Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders uh, tweeting out about you know the AFN thing because people were tweeting it at her, uh, positively, negatively, like look what the Democrats did or look what you Republicans. did. Yeah. I mean, it's like it goes back and forth again. Everybody has their ideas of who's behind the government shutdown, but AFM was not working. And then the DOD realized, well, AFN is actually an essential program for uh-huh. commands because it allows you to get out command information. If there's an emergency, yeah. you need to be able to broadcast. You need to be broadcasting live to do that. So they started it back up, the TV stuff in particular. Um, so that's good that the people got to watch the, the Patriots win yesterday and the Eagles. With, <sighs> I don't like either one of those teams. This <laughs> is the worst Super Bowl ever. The two teams that outside of the division my team plays in, I like the least.
0: You I can just, tell from the look on my face that I you don't give care. so many poops to all of this.
2: Oh, my goodness. Language, Sailor. <laughs> Stop it. So, uh, yeah, it's good that they got that back up. Now, I wanted to ask you about this. There is now a list that I'm seeing that it looks like this came from uh, American Grit through the military times of the top five naval bases. Ooh! I want to see what you think of this list. Okay. I have been to, let's see, one, two, three, four. I've been to four of the five, uh, only stationed at one, though. So number one on the list, mm-hmm. starting from the top, is where they went. Okay. Naval Station Rota, Spain.
0: I, uh, yeah, I, yes, yes. If, if no other reason, but you can go anywhere else from Rota. Fabulous.
2: Yeah. Yep. It's, it is a great hub. You're at, you're at Western Europe. You're a closer to the States than you are anywhere else that you're going to be stationed yeah. in Europe. Now that Iceland is closed. Although, as we talked about last week, it might be opening back up in some yeah, way, true. shape or form. That's fascinating. And if it does, I think it should be on this list. Cause it was my number one place that I was ever stationed at. <laughs> number two, Naval air station, Sigonella Sicily. Now, I've I was stationed there for two years. Yeah, has its positives. Yeah,
0: has its negatives. I'm thinking just Italian food alone is going to like bump this up. <laughs>
2: well, and it's <laughs> Sicilian food, which is a little bit different than what you're probably used to because most it's of more tomatoey,
0: less creamy. I think
2: let you somewhat, yeah, somewhat uh, certainly a lot less spicy than what we have here in the United States. Right. Like Italian food in the United States and Italian food in Italy are very different, but most of the Italian food in the States is more Neapolitan in in origin yeah. from Naples because most of the uh, immigrants that came over were from Naples, the Naples area. It's just a more populated area. A lot of Sicilians did come over to the Northeast, mm-hmm. so there is some of that, but uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's an interesting one. There are good things and bad things about Sigonella. I don't
0: think I would put it in... I don't know, man. Italian food, it's it's gonna bump it up. Yeah, some really. That's
3: interesting. Is when you talk about people who, what's the best place to be stationed? It's never about the post itself. It's about what's around there. And I,
0: I picked Italy because of the food.
3: Right. Like if I, like if I had to rate uh, uh, my time in Korea, the bases I was on. Horrible. I didn't like him at all. But the, the culture around it and yeah. the food and uh, everything, that was fantastic.
2: Yeah. Well, Jake's a video game guy. in South or yeah, Korea is basically ground so zero for video games. I was going to say North Korea, not so much. <laughs> but North that's
3: Korea. all StarCraft and League of Legends that I don't like. Oh, yeah. That's valid points, I think. <laughs> I, I don't know. So, Just trust me on this one.
2: Number three, Naval Air Station Pensacola. Uh, well, no. No. <laughs> See, nope. that's, that's the one I saw on this list. I was like, eh, no, been there. Don't know. Yeah, not, not at all. Uh, when I was at recruiting, uh, that was, uh, I think, just outside of our recruiting district. So we go there occasionally when we were in the that area. Naval Base Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. I'll never take it. I've never been there. I've never been, but I'll take it. But yeah, I'll it's go. Hawaii, you know, yeah. and it's expensive. You're going to get decent cola when you're stationed out in yeah. Hawaii because it's so expensive. And then number five on the list, and this is, I think, of the two big naval bases. If you have to pick one to go to, if it's between Norfolk in san diego mm-hmm. you're going san, san diego, diego naval base coronado located just a short drive away from san diego so yeah that list is on there they also it looks like you have top five duty stations in the marine corps uh my list would be a little bit different of course my list would include a place that doesn't even exist anymore cable air station keflavik favorite duty station in 13 years and honestly wasn't even close but interesting list they're interesting so show. show interesting show so far H.W. Floyd of the Vetties coming up for a recap after this.
3: Helping military veterans stay connected.
0: We make it easy.
3: We're CBS Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting Vets every
0: day. Online and all over social media. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at ConnectingVets.
2: Welcome back to the morning briefing it's monday january 22nd 2018. a little bit of a better feeling monday than recent ones isn't it i think it's the warmth i think the fact that when i was driving in this morning it was already in the 50s that has already improved my mood for today you know what else improves my mood getting good news information entertainment education all that out there to the veteran community through entercom's connecting connecting vets every day and bringing you wonderful stories. If you go and look at the top five on our old website, which remains in place for another, I don't know, 10 hours or so, I think it is, we've got fantastic stories, including one on a Native American veteran memorial that's coming in 2020. The COOL program, how that's helping service members get accredited, how the government shutdown will uproot military and vet education benefits. Well, it's actually more military education benefits than vet education benefits, but still... Our new podcast, Beer, Episode 2, with home of the Brave Brewing Company, our own Matt Saintsing. He enjoys beer, and he enjoys talking about beer. He talked to the number one brew pub in Hawaii, home of the Brave Brewing Company, the Brewseum. Yeah, he talked to those guys, and uh, it's some pretty fascinating stuff. So you can go and check that out. You can also check out the story on the shutdown causing trouble for troops overseas watching NFL games, which, as we've talked about this morning, AFN was open to back up for business because they are mission essential, which you would have thought DOD would have known that ahead of time since they tell AFN that all the time, which I can tell you because... I worked at AFM detachments in several places. Anyway, a lot going on around the world of veterans, and a lot of it being covered at ConnectingVets.com. Follow us on social media. We are at ConnectingVets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want to be kept up to date on the latest and greatest affecting you, the veteran community, a little click of your mouse, tap on your phone, and you will be all the better for it. One newsworthy event that took place this weekend we've already been talking about quite a bit on the show this morning. I'm, of course, speaking of the Vettie Awards, and right now we have the chairman of the Board of Governors of the Academy of the United States Veterans, a.k.a. the people who threw that big Vetties party this weekend, Mr. H.W. Floyd joins us. Mr. Floyd, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing so great. Thank you for having me here with you. So great. So then I'm guessing that things went off pretty well from your perspective. Now, we've already talked to Eric Mitchell about what it was like being a guest at the event. From the organizer's perspective, give give the overall Vetties a grade from Saturday if you have to.
4: Uh, an overall grade. Well, it would be a little bit biased because uh, <laughs> from being a part, you know, from the building process to execution, you know, right. you notice every, every little detail. But I would definitely give us a, uh, I would give us a solid A. There you go. Solid A.
2: Always room for improvement. But from everything I've heard and seen, because there's a lot of stuff going on around social media about the Vetties. Sounds like it was a fantastic time. You have uh, great awards being given out to wonderful people doing great work in the veteran community. You have veterans getting together with celebrities who are kind of playing a version of them almost on TV. Apparently, you have Anne Heche buying pizza for everybody at the bar. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a wild time, man. So overall, I know that you were, uh, of course, uh, doing some work there as you're the chairman yeah, of the Board of yeah. Governors. But overall, give us uh, what, what the experience of the vettes was like from your perspective.
4: Uh, so I, I was pretty stressed out all day, you know, running around <laughs> in the morning, making sure that uh, everything was uh, going the way it was supposed to and making sure that, you know, uh, everything was um, going uh, to the According to plan, and um, so I went up to my room and um, was chilling out, getting ready to go over my speech. And then when I walked downstairs, it didn't really hit me until I actually walked downstairs and entered the event, which is what we had been planning on the whole time. There was a black curtain, and uh, right outside of Will Call, we wanted as soon as people walked through that black curtain, just to be punched in the face with a level of elegance and um, you know just the the grace that we as veterans should. Um, you know be around and right it really did like as soon as i walked in and i stepped onto the uh red carpet because they were like hey you got to go do this interview with fox five okay as soon as i walked in it was like boom all these people and um the chandeliers were just glistening and the red carpet just really popped and people were taking pictures on the step and repeat and it was just like oh my god <laughs> where am i at and i knew where i was supposed to be and i had seen the setup i helped set stuff up. <laughs> And it really just it hit me in the face like oh my god like it's it's here this is it so um, that that was my you know uh, initial experience right off the bat it was what we had hoped for and what I knew was. Cummings. Oh my God. And yeah,
2: now two guests that you, uh, you were unable to announce due to security concerns and all that stuff too, too much in advance of the ceremony that you did have were white house chief of staff, general John Kelly, as well as secretary of the VA, Dr. Shulkin. Uh, What was it like having the two of them in there? And when did you actually know that they were going to be able to attend?
4: So I knew that they were going to be attending about, uh, we initially spoke like a week, a week out. Yeah. Is when we were, uh, they, it was real serious. And then about uh, Wednesday, they were uh, confirmed. Mm. And so uh, I first saw Secretary Shulkin there actually when he stepped on my shoe. <laughs> so we, we were passing each other and I just felt someone kind of like brush into me and like step on my foot. And I was like, oh, what? And then I just heard, oh, I'm so sorry about that. And I looked and it was Secretary Shulkin. I was like, absolutely no problem. <laughs> and then uh, when I stepped into the, uh, the cocktail reception, I was grabbed immediately and they are like, you got to go meet someone like, okay, I don't know who I've you know, been hearing that all week. And then next thing I knew I was standing in front of general Kelly there you and, go. you know, and also <laughs> as a Marine, you know, like that's a, that's a big thing. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, I was standing there speaking with him and I didn't even realize I was speaking to him until we were like halfway through the conversation. And he just has this amazing, uh, this presence, this aura. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my fiance about it. Like, I don't, the the only way really to describe it is, you know, you're about a foot away from him right. in like a normal speaking distance, but he feels like he's eye to eye with you, like almost nose to nose. And you <laughs> want to like kind of like lean back, like lean away. Like we're, we're too close. Like I'm uncomfortable. But Then you realize, no, we're normal. He just puts off this vibe. I don't know. It's very, very strong and powerful. It was really a unique experience.
2: That's interesting. And we're speaking with H.W. Floyd. He's the Academy of United States Veterans Chairman of the Board of Governors about the Veterans Awards, the Vetties, that took place this past Saturday here in Washington, D.C. with uh, an amazing guest list. You had Montel Williams there. Mm -hmm. You had Academy Award nominees, Shora Mm Agnishlu, Ann Heche, uh, other members of her show, The Brave, that's Mm -hmm. airing uh, now, including... uh, Uh, Some people that are playing, basically, United States Navy SEALs who got to meet some SEALs, like Eli Craig, who was there. Colton Smith was there, of course, UFC Ultimate Fighter uh, champion and still currently serving on active duty in the Army. Really an impressive guest list before you added in General Kelly and Mm -hmm. Secretary Shulkin, but even with all of that... It's not really what the night was about the night was about the vetties the mm-hmm. actual awards and the organizations that are doing amazing things to help the veterans community so let's talk about that aspect of the program that aspect of the show i mean it's great everybody gets to uh, hang out and have pizza with ann hache and everything mm-hmm. but the whole purpose was to recognize these organizations right
4: yeah no 100 and we're so glad to uh not only help uh bring recognition and some attention to these organizations that are doing great things but also the people at these organizations that are doing great things, like Sarah from uh, the Independence Fund that won the Leadership Award, and Dustin Perkins who won the Education, and George Chewing, and Stephen Vincent, and it was, the you know, it just goes on and on. You can't say uh, enough great things about these individuals and these organizations
2: what was the response from people i'm sure there were some people who went there to uh, like oh man i'm gonna see montel williams i'm gonna hang out with him but then to actually see the main event which is these amazing organizations being recognized what was the response from the crowd in attendance to the award winners as they were presented with their awards?
4: So the the response was was great, and um, there were so many great things that were announced um, on on the cuff. So Montel, um, when he went up there, he was he was like, "This is such a great uh, event!" And, you know, after seeing going through a couple awards and just you know being the environment and. He said i he uh made a pledge and he said that next year he's going to ensure that at least one uh media outlet one major media outlet covers these awards next year so mm. it i think that right there speaks for itself yeah. to you know everyone's uh, thoughts about the, the production and how everything went it was really really uh great there's i think there was an, a really great balance of you know uh, having videos being played and with people speaking some people went off the cuff a little bit, and um, <laughs> I think if we're gonna, if there was something to improve, I would definitely say, you know, maybe the uh, speeches went a little bit long here and there. <laughs> but uh, you
2: don't say a veteran who has a lot of things <laughs> to say. No,
4: <laughs> but but you know, people were very excited and they wanted to sh- uh, share their excitement and you know uh, express things. So I mean, that's it's a great problem to have, you know.
2: Yeah. I, you're lucky I wasn't given any sort of award. If you don't about the speeches being long, I'd start off. I was born on a cold November evening in the great state of Connecticut in 1979. And then from there, I would go through every point of my life. But one of the interesting things that we talked about a little bit with Eric Mitchell, he had mentioned that Montel said you know, his goal is for the fourth annual vet is to be nationally televised. Yeah. And where do you stand on that? Because for me, as I was saying earlier— I am tired of hearing Hollywood mm-hmm. at award ceremonies and those are the yeah. award ceremonies we get. I don't want to hear a bunch of millionaires, Pat. Oh, you were so good at pretending to be someone who you're yeah. not. You were yeah. great at that. These awards are about being who you are and mm-hmm. standing up for what you believe in. Uh, mm-hmm. How, how do you think we can increase the media focus on what the veteran community and, and things like the vetties are doing? So, uh,
4: I think that, the best way to increase it is for us to focus on uh, ourselves and to bolster our own community. Um, a lot of times, we, we as veterans sometimes complain a lot, you know. I sometimes, mean, if you, yes. If, if you're not complaining, <laughs> something isn't right. But uh, more importantly, we need to remember that uh, anybody can volunteer and do this. It takes somebody with this unique trait a spark. To actually raise their hand and go forward and serve uh, honorably, and we need to use that spark and that trait moving forward to bolster our own uh, community. And just by staying, tighten it together, and supporting our own, we're just going to naturally rise um, to the top. I think so. And then when we do that, the media is just going to come to us because we're doing all these great things. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at all these great organizations that are <clears throat> helping our our, our communities, the, our winners like Guardian Angel Service Dogs and Um, Steve Vincent over at um, TAG and uh, the Independence Fund. They're doing all these great things, but if we supported them more to get the word out, it would just blow up.
2: People knowing about it. You know how many things we've done here on this program and had people say like, oh man, that's so awesome. I'd never heard about it. And people have been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. In some cases, over a decade, mm-hmm. and just doing it kind of without any thanks, without mm-hmm. any notoriety, just kind of going through it and doing what needed to be done because it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I really love the idea of people being recognized for yeah. those things and getting that press that might otherwise go to uh, you know whatever Kim yeah. and Kanye's latest kid name
4: is. No, a hundred percent. It's our community is so weird because there's so many people doing great things, but it's like if you're not in that that bubble there then you're, you're not really aware. And actually, I, I a great uh, story from um, the night. So Eli Crane, who owns Bottle Breachers, he was on Shark Tank doing phenomenal things, right? Yeah. Um, he had a special Bottle Breacher made for Montel, actually, that he brought to the awards and he wanted to give it to him. And so um, someone came and got me and they are like, hey, Eli has this Bottle Breacher he wants to give to Montel. And Montel was sitting at the same table with me. So uh, they were like, Where's he at? I was like, I'll go down and get him right now and we'll connect him. And so it was a little bit dark upstairs. Uh Eli and I go up to the top and um uh we we go up to Montel and Montel's kind of sitting like on the corner of right. like one of the banisters. And so he it was like kind of like a half reach around, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so um they uh Eli gave it to him and um he was like thank you. They took a quick picture together and then Montel sat back down and he was looking at it and he was like Wait a minute! I I know this. Where do I? And the uh, we're like that's Eli Crane from Bottle Breachers and on Shark Tank. And he was like, "Oh yeah, oh my God!" He's like, "Go <laughs> tell him to come back. I gotta talk to him." We got it. So it you know I think that just kind of goes to it when you don't uh, meet the person. You know when you haven't met them in person and you're not. Consistently in that circle, right. you know, like you're unaware, but then like you see the product and you recognize the product, and then the face now goes with the product and the name. And you're like, it's like a light bulb goes off. So um I think we need we need more of that in our uh, community. I,
2: I I totally agree, and I I think that the vettees are certainly a, a huge step in the right direction, and that there are so many people out there who who want to recognize yeah. people doing great things for veterans and want to recognize and help the veteran community. But one of the other aspects that makes it difficult is getting a veteran to try and take any credit for something that they're oh, doing yeah. or these veterans organizations it's like pulling teeth. Yeah. Hey, you saved uh 2000 lives through your anti-suicide programs that you figured out this new way to do it. We'd like to let people know about that and get a little bit more uh, of a spotlight on you. And you'll get these guys who are like, ah, it's not really what I'm about. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of doing my thing. It's like, ah, you got to do that. You got to do some of this outside stuff. Mm -hmm. So certainly very important. And we're speaking with H.W. Floyd. He is the chairman of the board of governors of the Academy of United States veterans. They threw their big Vetties third annual Vetties party this Saturday, the awards ceremony hosted by Jake Tapper of CNN. So, all right, we know that, uh, whether you agree with Jake on, uh, his political leanings or not, he's a good television host. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of good things for <laughs> veterans. How was he as an event host this weekend?
4: Uh, it was, he was amazing. And, um, he, the, about Jake that uh, I love the most is his uh, authenticity mm. uh, when it comes to his support and love for our community. And anyone who was in the room who was there who saw his acceptance speech because he won the Veterans Choice Betty, um would agree 100%. He was literally speechless. And uh, you could see, you know, sometimes when people say, oh, I don't have the words to like he literally d- didn't. He was so mm. humbled. And uh, so gracious, and it was
2: truly inspiring, you know, seeing him up there. Him not having the words for it, that's because he's a TV guy. They need a telephone, <laughs> Radio guys, we can always find the words, sometimes too many words. But uh, it was great to see him doing that. And again, such an amazing gathering out there. Uh, you know, what do you hope people that were able to attend the Vettys this weekend, what do you hope they take away from the overall experience?
4: Uh, the potential of our community. Um seeing all these great uh americans these great patriots these veterans getting together and um especially afterwards uh seeing guys uh, swapping ideas and seeing cards and you know information being passed and people say we got to get together we have to you know make this happen i think only great things are going to um happen for our community in the future and also uh you know being around these these individuals um and these celebrities who you know can help uh, bring shed more light on everything that we're doing it was just so great to see uh there were so many great like little moments in the night and i wish more people would um have the opportunity or hope more people have the opportunity in the future to come to the Betty's and have those little moments i have so there's so many great stories um, from the night
2: and even if they're not able to attend, uh, if Montel Williams stays true to his word, they'll be able to watch it on TV next year. So we'll see if we can. Uh, you know, I, I think it's something that a lot of people would be interested in. I think it's something that there is certainly a market out there for. I mean, if they're willing to watch the same movie and TV Mm -hmm. stars for three months in a row every weekend at Mm -hmm. a different award ceremony. Why wouldn't they be willing to watch something amazing like this with legitimate heroes and Mm lifesavers taking part in an event like this? So it makes perfect sense to me. Now, I want to ask you, HW, because you are a United States Marine. And of course, (laughs) once a Marine, always a Marine. Have you seen the story about this Sergeant Major? who's basically been removed from uh his post because of uh, fudging his uh his his record basically when it comes to ribbons specifically when it comes to the combat action ribbon.
4: Is it, yeah, a Marine did this? He's a
2: Marine. Yeah, Sergeant Major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's
4: so. active duty?
2: Active duty. Oh yeah, hold on. I need to find this cuz right now the the website is acting up on us. Uh he's been relieved. All right, here we go. Oh no, you know what? Oh, forget it. Never mind. I don't want to talk about this. It's old. Uh, no, <laughs> We that's... had the wrong date on it. But I mean, when you see things like that, and we've seen problems taking place in each branch of the service. We've mm-hmm. seen the Navy having a, a difficulty not crashing their ships into each <laughs> other lately, which, you know, I I was in for 13 years and we had a couple incidents. But, you know, the, the biggest ones were like few and far between, like mm-hmm. every bunch of years in between them really this year we've had i think three fairly serious collisions including mm-hmm. two that led to significant loss of life this story it turns out uh, the date that we had on here was actually quite old so this happened a while ago oh my goodness we were talking about a story as if it happened yesterday that happened like
4: three. Years i mean ago. it it happens uh quite regularly unfortunately and i think it's uh probably more of a problem with society because of the way that and i guess this is a great you know uh, c- uh connection to make with the vetties is sometimes in the media they propel our community uh in a direction that we're really not you know like the the way that they portray us and sometimes that affects our community in a sense where we think that we might have to have a combat action ribbon to be really validated as a veteran during the global war on terrorism so Mm. um that's why something like the vettys is so great because we can connect these individuals these celebrities with the people who've actually been there done that so When they are creating these films tv shows miniseries whatever they're actually portraying things correctly you know the way that they should be so uh but i mean it happens and uh whether you're young or old i think uh the bettys is going to be something that's going to be sticking around for a long time yeah um so many great people in in, uh, attendance who are joining uh i'll give you another quick story i'll try and do it really quickly um So Mark Rockefeller, the uh, uh, president and owner of uh, Street Street Shares Shares and Vet Biz, um, he was there and he brought his daughter. She was about like, I think she's maybe seven or eight. And so I was talking with Mark and he was like, this is my daughter. She was so cute. She had her dress on. She had the the white gloves that came up. Oh, yeah. And uh, she looked so cute. And um, she saw show hooray. Uh, Agladasu, the right. uh, sure, Oscar Ostr- yeah, Ostr- yeah, yeah.
2: nominee from House of Sand and Fog, stars on uh sci-fi's The Expanse, which is kind of a military-themed sci-fi show.
4: Yeah, yeah. And so she saw her, and she was like, "That's Elizabeth from the Nativity." Oh, wow. And she just lit up. And she, uh, Mark, was like, "Okay, well, let's get a picture with her." And they went on the carpet by the step and repeat, and took you know with the banner and everything. Oh, yeah, they yeah. took they took a couple pictures, and then Show her a bent down and started talking to her, and then she picks up out her phone. And gave her her number, and they started texting right there on the red carpet. <laughs> His amazing. daughter, isn't that like cool? That's it a, is. and this little girl, you know, who somebody
2: met, that she recognized that, from off the screen. Off
4: the, off the screen, she loved her right away. They just connected immediately and just started chatting. Like that's. <laughs> Where else is something like that going to happen? See, I know? really
2: should have gone. I could have been texting with Shorag. Like like, <laughs> in season three, when it comes out later this year, because I think season three is coming out uh, in a couple of months or something like that, great show. Actually has a Marine Corps element to it that I think a lot of Marines might be interested in where uh, the Marine Corps is essentially uh, on Mars. It's mm-hmm. kind of a battle between Earth The colony on Mars and people working out in an asteroid belt, it's hard sci-fi. It's like realistic. The physics are real, all that stuff. They try to do a good job with it. And she plays uh, the U.S. uh, ambassador, essentially, Mm -hmm. and she is uh, amazing in it. But uh, a fascinating story there, but not as fascinating as seeing that, you know, her interacting with Mark Rockefeller's daughter. uh, That's a fantastic story to hear. So many great things. Sounds like a a whole bunch of wonderful stories and connections were made at the Vetti Awards. And that's Mm -hmm. probably the best part of it, all the connections that'll come out of it. I mean, yeah, it's great. Everybody gets to go dress up, look nice, have a couple drinks, you know, ha- hang out and have a good time again, pizza with Ann Hache who doesn't want pizza with an <laughs> Hache, right? Um, the fact that so many connections were made, how big do you think that is that really the next big thing in the veteran community may come out of someone having met someone else at the Vetties this past Saturday.
4: You are 100% correct. 100%. Um, it was even, even just, here overhearing a lot of the conversations, um, it was just truly amazing. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I, there's nothing else that I can say. You just said it all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's really so much greatness that comes out of just saying hello and and, and introducing yeah. yourself to someone and, and having a chat. Some of the best interviews yeah. we've had on this show is just from bumping into someone, uh, some interviews that we haven't quite been able to set up. Got so mm-hmm. close with people like the yeah. former CNO, mm-hmm. uh, the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who uh, it, it's interesting that. You know, okay, Admiral Mullen, when I was petty officer, first-class name, and he was Admiral Mullen, our paths crossed once when he was a two-star, and Mm -hmm. it was briefly like, hello, sir, I shook my hand, all that stuff. Mm Now, here we are probably 15 years after that happened, and we're able to have a conversation at an event in D.C. recently mm-hmm. when I saw him. And there are so many connections to be made in the veteran community. And truly, mm-hmm. the Vettie Awards uh, was ground zero for a number of what I'm sure will turn out to be mm-hmm. important introductions, important conversations that took place uh, while everybody was able to have a good time as well. I mean, it mm-hmm. seems like everybody comes up a winner there, right?
4: Yeah, no, 100%. It was a very uh, great setting. And, um, another great thing too, is being able to, like you were saying, meeting with these people face to face. Sometimes when you are trying to make that connection or find the right person, you got to jump through so many hoops, go through so many, um, uh, different filters and, and layers. You can't actually get to the person and, you know, share their information. And, uh, that the the night was great for that. You know, it's one-on-one right, right to the, to the man. Hey, uh, what are you doing? Let's talk about this. Okay. I got five minutes and, um, It was just really, really uh, great. I'm really excited to see uh, the fruits of uh, the labor. We've
2: been been speaking with H. W. Floyd. He is the chairman of the board of governors for the academy. Well, not
4: not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. I was for this event. Oh, now. Travis McVeigh, the uh, owner oh, and founder of Heroes Vodka. Vodka.
2: Yeah, we've had yeah. Travis on the show before. Well, we've been speaking to H.W. Flood, former chairman of the Board of Governors yeah. for the Academy of United States Veterans. Now, if people want to find out more about the Academy of United States Veterans, of course, who do a lot more than just the Vettys, where can they go to do that?
4: Uh, so, uh, ausv.com, you, they can go there. And uh, or just simply type in Vettys in a Google search. It'll be one of the first things that pop up.
2: Yeah, and the third annual Vettys are in the books, which means time to start looking forward to the fourth annual Vettys. We want to thank H.W. Floyd as well as Eric Mitchell and our own Jonathan Copanger and Jay Hughes for joining us on the morning briefing today, kicking off the week in style. And of course, we'll be back just as much in style tomorrow for our Tuesday edition of the show, every Monday through Friday, 7 to 8 30 Eastern and Pacific, right here. It's the morning briefing from Entercom's ConnectingVets.com. At Connecting Vets on social media. Hey, have a great, safe day. See
0: you tomorrow. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: That clock at four. Donchich.